Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm really delighted to welcome my next guest to the show. 15 years at number 15 at the very highest level, an incredible achievement for a rugby union fullback, especially when you're from Cooley, where GAA runs in the blood and you don't really take hold of the oval ball seriously until you're 13. Rob Carney has been a linchpin throughout the recent Halcyon era in Irish rugby and now, as his career winds down, he recalls his life and times in a brilliant new autobiography, appropriately named No Hiding Rob. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me on. Not at all. Delighted to have you with me on the show. Let me say this to start here. When I write mine, right, which I might do, Rob, someday, I'm going to include when I was on commentary in Park Talton in the Leinster Minor semi-final against Dublin 2003. Rob, oh my God. I've never, I've never let it go. Mark Vaughan, that last, last minute equaliser. Oh, and the name of St. Christopher. It was heartbreaking, wasn't it? It really was. It was heartbreaking because I think that was that was really our chance that day, wasn't it? And we played so well and the following week, you know, they sort of, they just pulled away from us and, you know, you, sometimes you only get one shot at the big title and unfortunately we just didn't, didn't take it that day. And you didn't make the replay and I knew when you weren't there, you were such a, an important man in that team as well. They ran out comfortably. But I'd say, is it fair to say that had Loud won the original match, which we should have done, got a Leinster title would have been ours, wouldn't it? Uh, oh, Jesus, I think absolutely. We were home and holes had we, had we gotten through that <laughs> semi-final. So we'll chalk ourselves down for it inadvertently, I think, will we? Ah, oh, listen, listen, we will. We'll have to try and cling at our clutch at straws. You know us here, we're short on the silverware. But here's the thing, just to stay with the GA for a moment. You played as well, didn't you, in the 2000, I don't want to remind you of this as well, the 2004 senior final, Cooley Pats. I did, and if there was if there was one game that I could take back um, throughout my whole career, you know, right through rugby and Gaelic football. I tell you one thing, Jerry, that would be very, fairly high up the list. My, oh my, that meant, and I know it meant so much to you because, look, you, you, you grew up in Cooley, you were part of the Kickhams there, and I did say in the introduction, you didn't actually play a lot of rugby early on. It was only mini rugby, was it, on the Mill Road? Yeah, there was there was very little uh, rugby to be honest with you. There was a bit of mini rugby, uh, but it wasn't until you know I was I was thirteen and went away to boarding school that I started to to take rugby a little bit more seriously. Um, but even up until the age of you know sixteen, seventeen, num- Gaelic football was the number one sport that I was played, and I loved it so much. And 
that 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 final that we lost is, is such a disappointment because we'd such a great team. You know, the Kickhams hadn't won one in so long, and we'd such a great buzz, a big atmosphere. The whole parish went mental for us. Game against the Pats, it's everything you dream of for for a county championship final. And uh, unfortunately, uh, like that loud minor game, it just didn't fall for us on the day. There you go. Look, uh, as well, when I re- read the book, and I want to congratulate you on a terrific read. I just finished it last night. Um, you mentioned being bullied when you were younger. You went, of course, to Monksland National School before you went on to Clongos and UCD. Why was that? You know, what did you? Were you small? Were you, what, what, what was the reason you felt that? Well, it's 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 hard to know. Like, listen, you know, but bullying goes on in so many schoolyards uh, across the country, and you know, I suppose I wanted to to give a little bit of an insight into the difficulties that I had going through, uh, as much for for younger kids who, who might read this book that they can be able to relate to it in some way. And I also make the point that, you know, we we need to start with better people, particularly online. I think the world of online now has gotten completely out of hand. Um, you know, so it was it was more just to to highlight and, and maybe for for younger kids to be able to, to to resonate with what I went through, because if I was reading a book at, you know, back in those days when I was getting a bit of a tough time of an Irish international rugby player, someone who I looked up to, had they gone through the same experiences, you know, you know, it, it would have given me a huge amount of confidence, I think. Yeah, I uh, congratulate you on writing about it and pointing it out and highlighting that it happens and can happen to everybody for various reasons. But look, at you grew up physically and in every way and you left that behind you. Here's the thing. Your granddad, Dan, was it Dan Carney, won a Towns Cup with Donald Dun- Carney, yeah. yeah. He, Donald, sorry. He, he won a Towns Cup with Dundalk in 37 and your dad, David, actually played full back as well. So you were nearly destined to sit into that position, were you? Well, I wouldn't say destined, but I think it was. I, I knew quite early on that fullback was was the position that I wanted to play. It 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 suited me most. There was this sort of attraction that the position had to me. You know, I think you you combine that with all of the, the skills that I learned. You know, growing up playing Gaelic football, and and I suppose it was just a, a natural fit for me and my skill set. Yeah, it stood you in good stead. You say that, the catching and kicking. And I felt like got to mention, because he is a local link here as well, you, you write about an incident with you and Connor Poole, the uh, Dundalk fullback, when, when you were a kid down there, who you admired much. Yeah, huge admiration for him. And I think even even that early on, you know, he was the, probably the only guy from, from that team who I remember. I know Johnny McCabe was at number nine, but... You know, watching Connor Poole, I used to to watch the game from behind the posts, and and he was the one guy. His position, I don't know. I just be became so drawn to the number fifteen, even even at that very early age. You, uh, your mum and dad, Siobhan and David, you give them wonderful credit in the book, and you know, parents do sacrifice an awful lot for their children and in the family then in the children uh, you had Richard who was the oldest Ross yourself Dave and Sarah now the 16th of August 1988 is a day in your family that nobody will ever ever forget Rob no it won't and it's 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 a day that that, that we will never forget as you say and I think also it's a, it's a day that that the, the parish of, of Cooley will not forget too because as you know yourself in these you know colloquialism places 
and the parishes, everyone gets hurt and gets gets struck by such a big tragic event. And you know, certainly it's it's a day that that defines our lives. Um, but I suppose when when you're doing a book and you're doing an autobiography, you want to you want to honour the people and pay tribute to the people who have helped get you where you are. And I suppose for me, you know, Ross was certainly a driving force, um, you know, behind my career. And like you say, to recognise my parents who you know, who were incredible in terms of how they were able to deal with such a tragic event and, you know, keep the show on the road to, to continue to raise a family in, in what felt like for me a very normal environment when, to be honest, it was anything but normal. Yes, and just to tell listeners, Ross was slightly older than you. Richard was the oldest. Ross, then you came along and he died tragically after being struck by a truck uh, on the road down there. But there's a real poignance, may I say, later in the book. Come up to 2009 and the Grand Slam and people will remember O'Gara's kick forever that day. And you didn't forget, Ross. Tell our listeners about the shirt. Yeah, so on the, the Tuesday of the match week, so Saturday was the, the Grand Slam final against Cardiff. And on the Tuesday, the, the sponsors of the Team O2 were... They were running a competition where the number on the back of our jersey would be made up of hundreds of supporters' names. And on the the Tuesday of that week, the, the team liaison got on to me and said, listen, is there anyone's name that you'd like to put at the top of the jersey? And, uh, you know, with, without any sort of hesitation, I said, yeah, I'd like to put Ross Carney on the top of the jersey. So, uh, you know, to in a sort of complex sort of way, I felt as if he was out there on the field with me during the day. What a lovely, lovely moment that was. And it really got me as I read the book, I have to say. Uh, and, you know, I want to say something else to you. Uh, David Walsh, who who worked with you on this book, of course, the wonderful David Walsh, what a brilliant job. But, you know, Rob, the pictures in the book are beautiful. Yeah, you, you know, um, you put a lot of time and effort into the pictures. Uh, you know, I've, I've read the book, I'd say, five or six times. You're, you're mulling over every little sentence and word you say. And I suppose the, the pictures you want to, I suppose, have an impact on, on your life growing up and, and make sure that the, the photos, every photo has a story to tell that's told within the book in some shape or form. So you want to draw some parallels between the photo and, and some of the text that's, mm. that's within the book. You've done it brilliantly. I have to say the match is made in heaven. Now, can I talk to you about you in the media? When I read the book, I went back to the Leinster School Senior Cup. You lost that final way back. Clong goes to Black Rock. You were named player of the tournament. And uh, the press were waxing lyrical about you. And then roll on again to 2019 in that bar in Tokyo after the World Cup ended for you. And Mr Gavin Gummeski from the Irish Times walked in. It, it struck me that... You were a man that took a lot of notice, did you, of the press and what was written about you? Uh, listen, uh, Jerry, I think it's very hard not to take notice. You know, r rugby is such a huge sport in this country. There's so many column inches, uh, talk shows, you know, particularly around the time of World Cup and Six Nations, it's hard to avoid. So, you know, genuinely, it was not something that I ever went chasing, uh, looking for people's opinions. But there's sometimes when when it's hard to avoid. And, and listen, I'm all for opinions and, and people 
you know, saying what they think. But, you know, there was a couple of times and, and a couple of people down throughout my career who, who I thought just took it a little bit further and were sometimes maybe, you know, there was, there was a little bit more than just opinion, that it was more on the scathing, you know, malicious content sometimes. Yeah, I read at the time when Comiskey was writing and I thought it was it was sharp to say say the least. You told him to get out of a bar in Tokyo. I thought this was brilliant. I don't mean to laugh at the situation, but anyway, you did. You told no, him to get lost. And anyway, I want to ask you this. I know in the cold light of day, the following day, you stepped back and you got on to Jerry Thornley, who's the main rugby man of the Times, and said, look, at, could you apologise to Comiskey for me? Did you ever apologise directly to him or in person? No, do you know what? You'll not believe this. I've not seen him since. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure when I when I do see it, you know, we'll share a bit of a joke and a laugh. Um, you know, he said a fair few things about me down through the years that, that he certainly hasn't apologised for. Um, you know, so a joke and a laugh will be the best thing. I think so, yeah, to, to uh, end that finally. Now, you, you say in the book that you always, and I, I looked at you when, you when you ran out, you always looked strong, determined, confident, may I say cocky at times. You say you had to have that demeanour about you when you were in the heat of battle. Yeah, it's, it's something that I was always very conscious of trying to portray. Um, you know, giving that element of, of confidence that I'm ready because, you know, I'm a big believer that the opposition always sends out a little bit of weakness. And if they see weakness in you, that, they, that they'll prey on it. Now, the, uh, the aspect of your, you know, standing up for yourself, I mentioned the bullying years ago, but come right up to when you were playing under Declan Kidney in the Irish team. By jeepers, I'll tell you, Rob Carney, you showed balls when you stood up and said at a get-together, or you called out the Munster crew to say, I don't think the Munster crew are pulling on the on the rope here. Yeah, I certainly uh, very much regretted my decision at the time when I was in that moment. I was thinking, oh God, what have I done here? Um, you know, I've, I've read so many different, different uh, connotations and opinions on, on what actually went down in the room that evening. And you know, I, I do stress that it, it wasn't necessarily me calling out the Munster players. It was very much uh, the Irish team needed what the Munster team had at that time. And if we wanted to be successful, we needed to try and emulate them. And actually, the Munster players, the senior players, you write that in it. You were a bit apprehensive the next day, but they backed you in this, which was great to see. And they understood, actually, what you were saying. Now, tell me this. Eddie O'Sullivan, Declan Kidney, Joe Schmidt, Michael Checker. He's a strange fish when I read what you have to say, I have to be honest. Of them all there, those great ones I mentioned, who? Who, who is number one or had they all different aspects to them that you could take with you into the hole in the way you performed? Yeah, they all have very different aspects, but I think, you know, for the amount of time that I spent with Joe Schmidt, for the amount of trophies that we won under him, okay, yeah, the, the World Cup was bitterly disappointing in, in terms of how it finished up, but uh, I think he would have to be at the top of the list, you know, what he's contributed to Leinster rugby, Irish rugby, uh, the amount of trophies that we won under him, you know, I, I think he will, he will go down as, as the greatest ever. And you do say that his public and professional personas were quite different. You've got to get the book, folks, and read about this. It's so interesting. Twin, fair to say, like you do say it in the book, 2018, the greatest year of all, the Slam, Australia, Heineken Cup, and then the All Blacks. Jeez, it'd be hard to top that, Rob. 
it will be hard and you know i'm not sure any any irish team will will ever be able to emulate that in the one season and i suppose that's why you know when i look back on on the whole 15 year of my career that is the one season that will stand out head and shoulders above all the other ones you know, when you beat New Zealand, the country lifted here. We were number one in the world. We thought we were just going to go and win it. It ain't easy to win a World Cup or upset the countries with tradition who've won it in the past. That's quite obvious. It is very obvious. And, you know, unfortunately, we've struggled to just get past the quarterfinal stage. Uh, certainly, you know, we, we, we've never been to a semi-final, so... You know, while some of the the work that we're doing in Six Nations and in Autumn Internationals has, has been incredible down through the years, we've taken Irish rugby to, to new heights in the last decade. Uh, but I think the, the, the World Cup is, is the real tournament now that, that people will want to see the Irish team really starting to, to compete at. Your greatest ever game. Sure, this is the obvious one, but I better ask it because I'll be shot if I don't. Greatest ever game... I think Soldier Field against New Zealand in 2016. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I went through so many, so many ups and downs the week of that game. Confidence was probably at rock bottom. I wasn't feeling particularly well physically. Uh, there was a lot of calls for my head in the media. People wanted anyone else starting at fullback. So, you know, I, I think to to have gone out on that day with my back very much against the wall and, and produce a good performance, I think that would have to be the one that stands out. Yeah, to finally beat the All Blacks. Mind you, we've done it since and you've been part of it too. Hey, I'd say you have the Joe Biden flag flying, have you? Uh, mighty high on top of the house, <laughs> two of them. <laughs> Um, it's 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 a great story. It really is a great story, and we all know about his connections back home with Cooley. And you know, there's very keen interest. And you know, you, you'd have to say that it's it's looking pretty good for him at the moment. But it's it's 2020, and, and anything can happen. Look what happened last time round. But the world awaits and watches, and we'll know soon enough. And you'll be back if he's in for another trip to the White House. I'm sure down the road. Look, the next chapter in your life opens now. Western Force Australia. Where's that at at the minute? So that is hoping to travel down there after Christmas. So spend Christmas back here at home, and then travel to Perth on around the 27th, 28th of December. I'll have to quarantine over there in a state facility for two weeks, I think it is, and then present for preseason training on the 14th of January. So. You know, it's a world of uncertainty at the moment, but that is the plan. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how smoothly or according to it that will go. Well, may I say to finish, I thoroughly enjoyed your book. It's great reading and it's a sports book that people should get and enjoy and even give it as a gift for Christmas. And I want to say this to finish to you and your family and Dave as well, a great rugby player and all that you've done for uh, Leinster and for Ireland on the international scene. We thank you for it and we were so proud of you here in the North East every time you pulled on the Leinster or the Irish shirt. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jerry. And can I just say that I'm very grateful to all the support that I got back home from from Louth and maybe to a lesser extent Mead. Um, but the, the people of Cooley and Louth have, have been incredible to me down throughout the years and, and their support is something that I will always remember and cherish. We wish you well and good luck with the next stage. Rob Carney, No Hiding is the name of the autobiography. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thanks very much for having me, Jerry. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 